few years ago, my wife and I decided that um, it would be nice to have a summer home. Maybe it was going to be in Eretz Israel, maybe it was going to be upstate New York. But we went to a friend's house, upstate New York, for Shabbos, and we had a great time. And we thought, this would be a nice place. Maybe this would be, you know, a nice summer home, and maybe Israel would be good too. So we also looked in Israel. Anyways, we eventually decided that Israel wasn't the right wasn't the right time to get a house in Israel right now. And we purchased a house upstate New York. We got a foreclosure, so we got a good price on it. And we had just gotten a tremendous gift from my parents, um, a sort of an inheritance gift. And we decided to use the inheritance gift to fix up the house, which we did. And it took about a year and a half to fix up this house. But it was marvelous. And now we were coming to the point to where we were going to be able to move into our new house up in the country. And and the question that was always plaguing me, if that's the right word, is why are we going to be up there? What are we doing up there? What's, why is this such a great place? Why do we want to do this? And the community was was just changing over from the older generation that were passing on and, and or they were just too weak to come back from Florida. And so this community was changing from a conservative Jewish community, which was at one point heavily Jewish conservative, and it was either going to be replaced by Goyim or it was going to be replaced by Jews. And they had a beautiful mortar and brick shul, and I thought when we were up there for that first weekend, this is a place, this is a time where we can make a difference. Karen and I can make a difference. If we came up here and we bought this house and we fixed it up and we invited people up who were Shomer Shabbos or almost Shomer Shabbos and we had a minion and there was partly a minion already there. But if we could contribute to it, could we, if we could make this place a makom of Torah, then... I thought this would be a worthwhile investment. Besides it being beautiful, and besides having a place for boats and fishing and all that, I thought this place, we could bring people up here. We could have a kiddish down by the lake. This could be a place where people say, wow, I never knew Shabbos could be like this. This is like, you know, it's a chavura. It's, it's or a chavura. It was, it was everything, you know, it was what I imagined we could make of it was just amazing. Anyway, so now we're coming to the point the house is ready. We are probably, uh, you know, a week or so from going up there for our first Shabbos. We've invited people to come up. And and I'm starting to have second thoughts about, did I really do the right thing by investing so much money into this house? And it was on my mind all week long. And... What what complicated things was that this was the week before Shavuos, and I should have been concentrating on, you know, getting getting a grip on Torah instead of getting a grip on what I did with all my money. And it was it was a it was a troubling week, and I couldn't quite break the mental pull 
of this this house investment, and it definitely invaded my ability to go to Shear and concentrate on Shear. Anyways, that's the background. So here's the story. It was the day before Erev Shavuos. I was leaving work. I was late. I was running to catch a mincha. And when I got off the train in Jamaica States, I was running up to the shul. And just as I was crossing the street, um, I looked down. And between these two parked cars that I had walked between... I saw, you know, it looked like money on the ground. And I went over, I did a double day, and sure enough, there was a huge wad of money on the ground next to this car. And I picked it up, and I looked around, and I looked at the bills, and it was like a $100 bill, $100 bill, $100 bill, $100 bill, $100 bill, $100 bill. I mean, just, it was all $100 bills. Oh, like two inches of them. And I, I go, whoa, somebody is probably panicked. And I thought, well, if it's right here in front of the shul, it must belong to somebody in the shul. That was my first instinct. And they are probably freaking out. And so I went into the shul to give them back, to find out who it was, and to give them back the money. And I went in, and everyone's davening mintra. And I'm standing there with this money in my hand, I didn't put it in my pocket yet. I still have the money in my hand. And I'm looking around, and everybody seems to be pretty calm as to what's going on. Nobody's patting themselves down, looking for their... No one's freaking... Everybody's just davening. And I went on to go over to give it to the rabbi. That was the idea, to give it to the rabbi. But it turned out that he was davening. So I had to just stand there. Uh... Actually, now I think about it, I think I had already davened Mincha. I would need it to go daven Mara. I had davened probably Mincha at work. But I, I was going there, I guess, because I, they davened Mincha so late that it turned out that it would have been fine. So the point is, I'm there, and I'm standing there, and I'm not davening, because I've already davened, but I have all this money in my hand, and I can't give it to anybody, because everyone's davening. And it turns out that as soon as they done, get done davening Mincha, they go right into Marav. There's no time to even talk to anybody about this. And so I have no choice but to put the money <laughs> in my pocket, which made me feel a little uncomfortable, like I just made a, a Kenyan on this, whatever that really means. And and I try to daven, I try to focus on davening Marav, because now I am on Erev Shavuos. And I'm davening, I'm trying to daven an air shoes. I'm trying to to think about what I'm saying, or at least I'm trying to say what I should be thinking about. And I finish davening, and they say Kaddish, and I go up to the Rav, and I, I take this money out of my pocket, and I say to the Rav, I found this outside. And, and he looks at it, and his eyes open up. And he goes, Wow! And I said, it's got to belong to somebody inside the shul because everyone's here. I mean, it was found right outside in front of these, you know, between these two parked cars. So the Rav said to me, show me where you found it. And we went out, and I showed him exactly where I found it. And he knew the two cars. He says, well, this guy does this profession, that guy does that profession. And we went to, he, the, the Rav assumed it was, you know, one guy more than the other. 
And we went back in, and he was still there. And the Rub called him aside and said to him, "Are you um, are you carrying a lot of money?" And and the guy felt his you know pockets. He says he said I was carrying a lot of money, but I I, I guess I left it at home. I had about ten thousand uh, dollars that I was giving to a girl's charity, uh, and I must have left it at home. And the Rub looked at me and he says, "David." found something or he's i'm not exactly exactly what it was so then i said to him i said no you dropped this money outside next to your car and i handed it back to him and you know everybody was like it was everybody was like frozen everybody was just frozen there for a moment and nobody knew what to say anyways he offered me a, a reward, and I said, no, 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 that's okay. fine. I just needed to return this to you. And then everybody said, thank you, and everybody went home. And the next day, I was a wreck. Erechavuz, I was a wreck. I couldn't understand how it is that I came to finding this money. It, it didn't make sense. I mean, people don't find $10,000 in cash unmarked, on the ground, let alone the day before Shavuos, let alone a week that I'm plagued with this idea about money and Torah, and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't understand why. I'm, And I'm a firm believer that things just don't happen for no reason. Anyway, so Shavuos came, and I stayed up all night learning with Rabbi Butler. And when we were walking to Shacharis the next morning, it just dawned on me, like the dawn of the day, it dawned on me what it was all about. And here's what it was all about, as, my, as I see it now. My concern about the house was that it represented the potential to, to re-establish in the Yidden that I know, and the Yidden who are not from yet, what a treasure Torah really is, and what a treasure Shabbos is, and what a treasure it is to be an observant Jew. And for whatever reason, people who weren't from, they were given this treasure just like I was given the treasure, except somehow they seem to have lost it. They've lost contact with it. And this money that I found was essentially this guy's treasure. It was a treasure of tzedakah that he was supposed to give to somebody. And by my finding it and my returning this treasure to him, it was a simon to me that I would be successful just as I was successful in returning this money to this yid that I was going to be successful in, in returning the treasure of Torah and Yiddishkeit to the Jews that I know. And 
it, that was what it meant to me. And, and that's why finding that money on Arab Shavuos at a time when I was so concerned whether my investment was going to be a worthwhile investment, whether I was going to be actually able to bring people back closer to Torah, to bring them to this treasure of Torah, if it was going to happen, this was a simon to me that I was going to be successful. And it gave me a sense of peace on, on Shavuos morning as I went to Dab and Chakris.